Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than about 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper with ASX listed small cap company, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what's next. And a part of our conversation is to get to know our guest at a personal level. Their experiences, their mentors, slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice and life away from the share price and investment decision making even their sporting team of choice and their footy team, of course. And today's guest is Dr. Liz Delimore from Argenica Therapeutics, ASX AGN, CEO and Managing Director. Can I call you Doctor? Do I call you Liz? Just call me Liz, Tim. And thank is it Argenica? Argenica, you got oh, it. I nailed well it. Done. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> um, thank you for coming along. And, and I know you've uh, had a brief listen to Fleeta Solomon, who was our very first guest in this chair. Um, over the next half an hour, we're going to get to know a bit about the company, a bit about your journey as well. And, and again, probably going to ask you about your coffee and also your <laughs> footy team, which we have had a brief chat oh, about. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about Argenica Therapeutics, yeah. first and foremost, just for the listeners who are like me, coming off a blank canvas. Yeah, sure. So Argenica is a uh, clinical stage drug development company. So it might be sort of slightly out of the box of some of your listeners, but it is a um, Perth homegrown company, which is which is great, so exciting to be part of. The drug itself has spun out of the Perrin Neuroscience Research Institute and the University of WA here in Perth. So it's had about uh, a decade's worth of research already. So uh, it's not, I wouldn't sort of say it's kind of early stage. It has had quite a lot of development. The drug itself uh, is what's known as a neuroprotective drug. So it protects brain cells following injury. So we're looking mainly at protecting brain cells following a stroke, but also traumatic brain injury, um, an infant condition known as hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. And we've had some really exciting data in Alzheimer's disease. So we're just about to head into a phase two trial in uh, ischemic stroke patients. So that means we're testing for the very first time our drug and how it works in uh, human stroke patients. So really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So how long is it taking to get to that stage? Uh, so our chief scientific officer, who's the inventor of the drug, uh, sort of started this journey back in um, probably about 11 years ago now. So it has been quite a long journey. It's it's, it's quite a uh, detailed process, drug development. I can so imagine. Once you, once you sort of discover a potential molecule that may have an impact, you've got to undertake all the preclinical studies, make sure you've actually got something that's... Um, that's worth taking into the clinic, but is also sort of deemed to be safe, has low toxicity kind of before you can can actually administer it to humans. So we have done a phase one trial, so that's administering it to healthy volunteers that came into Linear Clinical just at um, Charlie's down the road. So uh, And that, that all went really well. So no sort of adverse side effects. Um, so we've sort of, we're reasonably confident as we go into a phase two trial that it will be safe. Sounding good. A lot of people who sit in this chair are from the mining world and they, yeah. they, they put on the boots and they go to the outback and they work yeah. on site and they drill down for all sorts of pegmatites. Yeah. Um, do you put on the glasses, the white coat, get the hair back and go into the laboratory and see it all unfold in front of you? Is that something you get still uh, do? I don't personally. Um, I mean, I go into the lab, yeah, absolutely. So we, we've still got labs just at Perrin. That's where our chief scientific officer is based. Um it's, uh, you know, that is a, a previous life. So I did do a PhD. I was a scientist. So yeah. I have definitely rolled up the sleeves um, and done that work. 
But no, I leave that to much more capable <laughs> capable people. I still love digging into the data. Yep. So I will, um, you know, even reviewing sort of scientific protocols, reviewing scientific literature, all the papers, and then the data that we get back. Uh, yeah, absolutely love it. So try not to spend too much time on it because I've got people in the team that, you know, that's their job. Um, but yeah, I do love it. The commitment from Perrin, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so uh, Perrin is a so the the research institute which is just based on the grounds at um, Charlie Gardner Hospital, and they um, they're essentially they're a research institute that have have incubated the um, the drug essentially. So that's where the scientists are based. Uh, they are a shareholder in the company now. So um, which is which is great. And, well, and that's a huge vote of confidence, isn't it? Yeah, from, yeah. from them, they're a, yeah. they're a big organisation. They've been yeah. around and they're they're well attached to to in, in the health space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's um, so the Parent Foundation has has provided support to our researchers as well. So in particular in the child health area. So I I do work really closely with the Parent. Uh, foundation as well. So they've been amazingly supportive, especially of the work of uh, Dr. Adam Edwards, who's running all our hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy research. You uh, say it so not, well. Don't I just. <laughs> You've said it six, six months to get that one down. <laughs> uh, so they, yeah, they've, they've um, given Adam a sort of a, a quite a large grant, which we're hugely grateful for. And the work that they do in WA is just incredible in child health research. Dr. Liz Dallimore, our guest, Angenica, Argenica Therapeutics. And if you're looking for the code on the ASX, it's AGN. More on that in a brief moment. Um, uh, we are talking about brain protection and acute central nervous system injuries as well. That's a really delicate space, isn't it? It is, it is. But, it you know, it just... It touches so many people, you know. I feel, I feel sort of quite privileged to be in this position. You know, we are, you know, we're we're about to trial an absolutely revolutionary drug in patients coming into emergency departments in hospitals across Australia to hopefully give them a fighting chance. You know, suffering a stroke and anyone can have a stroke at any age. So, you know, being able to to finally get to this point, all the hard research that's kind of gone from. Uh, Bruno and his team to get to this point, um, you know, it's and, and we've done everything we can, I guess, to kind of de-risk this asset as much as possible in that preclinical work. So uh, we, we're really excited for this phase two trial and to be able to see, you know, do, is this drug actually protecting the brain following stroke and, and giving these patients, you know, a fighting chance. So... Yeah. Uh, it's impressive, and uh, you you did an honours degree in neuroscience at UWA, but then you up stumps and you went over overseas. overseas. Yeah, yeah. What, what was the what was the career path and plan for that? Um, I'm not sure I had one <laughs> to be honest. At the, I think you know probably like a lot of people from Perth, that that draw of London and wanting to move over there uh, was you know, really exciting just to get out of Perth. So I did my did my honours um, in neuroscience, which was great. So what are you saying that Perth's really, really small? Well, maybe as a, like, 20, you know, <laughs> 21-year-old, maybe. Um, love Perth now. Uh, so <laughs> lived away for about 11 years. But, uh, yeah, so it was, it was really just to go and explore. But I ended up actually getting back into science So uh, and had the opportunity to work with a researcher at Oxford to do my PhD. So was the plan to go over the desk to holiday, to backpack and whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, do a two-year working so holiday. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up spending 
uh, sort of closer to five years over there. So I did my um, PhD uh, and really like the neuroscience community was was quite phenomenal and I kind of got back into that and had never planned to do a PhD, I think. Um, but the opportunity arose and it was really exciting, you know, in a really sort of cutting edge lab over there. So I thought, why not um, get to stay away a bit longer? Mm. And yeah, and then... But sort of moved then more into the, um, you know, kind of the business world after the So, yeah, so how do you link the two in? So you're working in neuroscience and you're over yeah. there and then you go, okay, there's a business opportunity here and now you're the, the managing director and the chief yeah. executive of, of a company like this. How do you – tell me how the – business acumen or, or the business mode kicked into to you? Yeah, sure. So I um, I probably, like, drew a lot from my dad who – so he uh, he did a PhD also at Oxford in um, nuclear um, oh. science. <laughs> so um, he was a um, physicist, so nuclear physics. Is so when you sat down at the dinner table, right, <laughs> and you had baked beans on toast, yeah. and you sat down, and he's talking about nuclear physics, physics, physics yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. talking about neuroscience. Yes, yeah. Does it sound as, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Does it sound as intense as it is? Cause I, to I be honest, to... we spoke mainly about footy. I've got five older Thank brothers. You. So, Thank uh, you. it wasn't, no, it wasn't like that <laughs> at all. I do, two of my brothers also have PhDs and that was probably just a, you know, maybe that's just how we're wired. Um, You've got five brothers. you five brothers, yeah. And yeah. how many sisters? None. You're the, s- wow. The young, I'm you the youngest. No, you would think Are that. you the youngest? Yeah. I was yeah. youngest. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I was spoiled rotten. Were you? Yeah. No. I'm no. the most famous out of all of them too. No. <laughs> yes, you would, yes. <laughs> they were the, they're far more successful than me. But anyway, so wow. Yes, although mum will hate me for saying this, but she did at a, at a point in time, I think I was about 15, she did um, tell me that she was so glad that she had five boys and not five girls. Wow. Uh, so, so, so dad was a bit of a mentor? Yeah, he was, yeah. And he then went into sort of more the business world. Um, he, he ended up starting up. Uh, Notre Dame with Peter Tannock. So he kind of went wow. into and, and ran the business school there. So he did sort of move more into Your that. dad started Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah. With Dr Peter Tannock, former chairman of the WA Footy Commission. Indeed, yeah. What a great yes. man. Yeah, so he's dad sort of, when when Peter left as VC, dad sort of took on that. Is that right? Role? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, cool. I know, I know, very cool. So I sort of, and then he was very involved in innovation as well. He sort of ran the um, innovation centre out at Tech Park. And so I think just that, like growing up around all that sort of stuff really drew me to that kind of world. Um, It's hard being a scientist. I'm going to put that out there. So when I came back from the UK, you know, the thought of uh, being in a lab, you know, day in, day out, not seeing many people, I was like, "Uh, I'm not sure this is the right sort of path for me. So that's sort of when I I sort of moved into the business world. Why? Um, it's hard going, right? So scientists what, lonely? Get, it's, it can be lonely. I remember I think I spent 12 hours one day in a dark room looking down a microscope counting cells. See, I wouldn't do the microscope and the counting cells thing, but the dark room on my own is something I just get me out of. I love that. Do you? I, when I go to a hotel, I'm known as the bat. So when I was just travel with the with my TV career, I'd go into a room and I'd, close, I'd never open the curtains. I just loved yeah. love closing myself off from the world. But you're the you're the other. But way. you maybe you can't do that every day no. because you're you're talking to people all yeah. the time. So may I, I yeah. get that? Like okay. you, you kind of want that. But you were day. finding that this was. But I was just, yeah. I just thought I needed a bit more. Um, and look, it's really hard going. Like scientists, it's, they're long projects. Mm. They're you know. 
it's hard to get funding. Small wins, big wins. Yeah, yeah. A lot so of, like, lot of like days like of doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, just doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. We're doing, yeah, in the lab and just, you know, it's kind of working. I see that. You know, yeah. like when they say, oh, you know, you see on the telethons and they show, they go into the institute and they're looking through the microscope and they're looking at bits and bobs and it's all very quiet and pristine and yeah, white yeah. and clean. It would bore the living suitcases out of yeah. me, and not in a detrimental way. Just you would, you're right. You probably need a release, yeah. and I don't see them playing death metal, you know, no. in their ears. It's all very quiet and assuming. But you found, you found, so you then sort. Okay, let me get out of there, and yeah. then you go down the business line, yeah. and it's successful, and and you're heading in the right direction. I want to know more about you in a brief moment. So we're talking to, well, okay, Dr. Liz Delimore, Liz Delimore from Argenica Therapeutics, ASX code AGN, clinical biotech company, and as you said, talking about brain protection, acute central nervous system injuries. I know this is a very generic type question, but are you winning? I think judging by what you've said and what stage you're at in regards to the development, sounds like you are. Uh, in Argenica, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm so excited about this This company, this project, this drug, I think it has just so much potential. And, um, you know, we're going after some pretty hefty neurological conditions, but they're massive unmet needs. So there's no therapeutic drugs on the market that can protect brain cells after these sorts of injuries. So, mm. you know, we, we're tackling something pretty huge. Um, and all the data, you know, I am I am scientifically trained, so you know I need facts, I need data, and all the data is, you know, the more experiments that we do, the more work that we do looking at how this drug is working, the more I just think far out. This mm. could like this could actually be something hugely revolutionary. So uh, it is a long path, obviously, drug development. But as I tell people, we're already like you know close to twelve years in. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do the phase two trial. That'll give us a really good idea of, you know, whether this drug is, is working. Um, from then, I guess from an investor point of view, what does that mean commercially is that, you know, that's when we would start talking to large pharma companies and saying, hey, look, you know, we, we probably don't have the resources to take this into a, a bigger phase three trial, which is the final trial, which is, you know, probably around 1,200 patients. And that's when we'd look to do a deal. So that's probably only a couple of years off um, because that's when we'll sort of have the phase two data and something really tangible to go to them and, and work out what that deal would look like. So with that being said, you would suggest to those listening to, to attach themselves to AGN, of course, that's the uh, Genica Therapeutics ASX code. So we'll get more on that in the pitch a little bit later. I mm -hmm. want to talk to you about you. If you were to walk into your uh, office and like our little you know, beautiful plush little studio we've got here, and there's a big white wall. What's your motto? What's your work motto? What do you work by? Um, oh, that is a – I think I can be um, – For those who are listening right now, this is looking at the white <laughs> I'm wall. I'm looking at the wall, guy. What is it? What would it's I blank. see? What would I see? Um, it's – you know, I am, I am very much like, you know, work hard, get it done. Like I am just – um, I don't so with my team I don't care if they work from home I don't care like but just get shit done you know I love it just, true oh that's one my, my one thing just don't don't meander don't sort of you know go in circles let's just you know get get stuff done and collaborate I'm a huge communicator so um, and that's really important in our team you know we're always 
thinking about ideas, you know, things pop up all the time that are pretty complicated and hairy that we need to work through. So, you know, lines of communication, always talking, don't be scared to say, oh, God, I don't know how to do this or I'm not sure about this. You know, let's all, we're all in the same boat here. We're all trying to get to the same goal. So, How many in your team? Uh, So it's quite small. So we've got... um, so the lab guys, so they're at, they're at the parent institute, so Bruno runs that and um, he's got sort of four or five in the lab. Uh, then we've got our head of uh, sort of preclinical development that sort of oversees that. Our head of clinical development, um, who, so we're off, we're quite heavy female, which I love, so in our office itself. We've got our company secretary, obviously, and then we've got a team that's sort of running the trial as well. So um, You're way bigger than most of the... Small cap mining companies yeah. there, no, who yeah, are two yeah. and three. Great, yes, yeah, yeah. So every day to day in our office, there's sort of four of us that, okay. that sit there. And then, um, yeah, we've got, uh, we sort of bring in, our business model is very much outsource where we can, very similar to a mining company, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, leave it to the experts that need to do certain parts of work. So Bruno's team's great, but they're very much focused on stroke and the HIE applications. So where we need to get work done, in other areas such as Alzheimer's disease, we'll, we'll outsource that. Work. Yeah, Alzheimer's disease, again, I mean, the, the, the stroke area and, and again, the nervous system is huge for this company, but gee, Alzheimer's. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. and, you know. I think we all have someone close by who is who's mm. unfortunately touched by this scourge on yeah. health. Yeah. Um, again, so. Um, where does that fit into the mm. whole process? Yeah, so we announced some sort of exciting, very early stage data in Alzheimer's disease. So Bruno's written a paper um, a couple of years ago where he had a theory around our drug and its ability to uh, reduce that, the aggregation. So you get protein aggregation in Alzheimer's disease. There's two key proteins that aggregate. So there's beta amyloid and a lot of the sort of drugs coming through clinical trials are very much focused on beta amyloid. But uh, the theory has sort of shifted that it's not just the beta amyloid protein, but there's also another protein, tau, uh, which also causes fibrils in, in Alzheimer's disease. And it's these sorts of things sitting in the brain, clogging up the brain that causes Alzheimer's disease. So anything you can do to reduce the aggregation of these proteins is going to be is going to be good, and so that's what a lot of the sort of drugs going through later stage clinical trials have focused on, but just on the beta amyloid. So, we've shown that our drug uh, reduces that aggregation, but we're also hoping it will reduce tau aggregation. Just knowing the way that the drug works, that it's going to have this dual effect, which is pretty unique in the Alzheimer's field. So, we've still got a little bit of work to do on that. We've got a quite a long. Uh, animal study going at the moment in Alzheimer's, so looking at what our drug's actually doing in terms of that beta amyloid, the tau, the inflammation. So that data should be out by the end of this calendar year. ASX code AGN if you want to know more about where they sit on the uh, stock exchange. Coffee of choice. Now, I know you walked into the studio <laughs> with a coffee of choice and and, we're, and we don't mind giving a plug to Elixir. Of course, it's tucked down there just off Stirling Highway. It's the it side street behind... Right near it's on Weld, yeah. Our yeah. Robinson and sort of between Robinson. Oh, look, and you know the address, <laughs> and and who knows Chelsea who, Village. So yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes, good pizza. Yes, I did uh, work at Chelsea Pizza. For yes, a so, of so years. did my sister oh, really? way back in when it first oh, started. Yeah, with Actually, Larry and Gibbo. She worked at, worked at Chelsea Tavern. Oh, God. Yes, yeah, as well. It was a real pub. So, yes. uh, Alexa, what is your coffee of choice? Yes, yeah, so Alexa, so I have an oat flat white is my, uh, my coffee of choice. Are you an extra hotter? See, I don't, I don't do, you know, I think as I'm getting older... <laughs> Nothing's hot enough. 
I agree. I had a really hot coffee today from my local, yeah. uh, and but they know. I don't even they know. They know you, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. mix. I often have to do put it in the microwave. Just yeah. To give it a, a lot know, of people don't believe microwave coffee works. Oh, no, 15-second kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're on the same page. Um, you talked about your inspirations, of course. And what about your um, your work-life balance? I know you've yes. just come back from a nice little holiday. How do yes. you go with the work-life balance? Um, look, it, it does get a little bit challenging. I've got three kids, uh, six, eight, and ten. Wow. Um, what's, the, what's the ratio? Boy, girl, boy. Look at you go. I know, just nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's probably more the travel. So I've, I've sort of got flexibility when I'm in Perth and it's, you know, a lot of the sort of stuff I can do from home. But being a listed company in Perth, you know, you've got to promote, you've got to get out there, you've got to get on the East Coast often. Um, and then in terms of dealing with pharma companies, they're largely based in the US, Europe. Uh, so there is a fair bit of travel um, so you don't do, do – is it – do you believe – you subscribe to the in-person. So, you, so you're, you're – I love in-person. Well, you're a free cat. You know, mm. I would describe you as a free cat. <laughs> you walk in here and you just you just you convince me of – your knowledge is unbelievable. Your expressions of passion are, I love. You know, some people not coming into this studio, yeah. we've always found everyone's been over and above. But I find some people – you know, just lack that real drive or passion and don't get me in. Yeah, yeah. But you've got me in already. Oh, good. You know, so you like that. You'd much rather that than maybe over a Zoom yeah. or, a, or a meeting. I just, I find, I'm not happy to do Zooms, but, you know, it's quite disconcerting when you know someone's looking at their phone just below the computer screen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that, that I do prefer that. I, I feel like you can grab people better in person. So in terms of work-life balance, I've probably got quite a good work-life balance because I get to go and travel and catch up with people in Sydney and Melbourne. And be an and adult. adult. <laughs> Whereas my husband, on yep. the other hand. Oh, well. Yes, bless hey, him. He's the We're best. the backbone, you know. Yes, I know. I know. So, um, so you reckon you got it right, work-life? So there's obviously some times where it's where it's hard, but I actually don't mind. Like even on holiday, this is so I've just done, you know, 12 days in Bali, which was great. If I can just do an hour in the morning, then I know that I've kind of addressed everything that I can and I can just go and have a day on my holiday where it's and it doesn't bother me. It's not I don't have something hanging over my head. Yeah. So I'm I'm just I'm better at doing that and even, you know, at night okay, I just need to spend 40 minutes on the computer, get stuff done so that I know I've got I'm a clear conscious, watch the cricket and happy day. I <laughs> love your sport. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I'll get to that, your footy team in a moment. Uh, can I just ask you, what's the first thing you do when you kick mum mode, kids go to school, yep. you're ready to go, you've uh, you've put on your, your frock, yep. you're ready to go to work. What's the first thing you do in your workspace? So um, I usually would have already checked my emails. So I, I get up, I'll look at my emails, I'll have my elixir coffee. So you mean, do, do you do that. emails before you do mum duties? Yeah, I you do. You do, don't you? Yeah, I just, yeah, I'll check any emails that have come through overnight and just kind of try and get on get on top of it. Um, then, yeah, school drop-off. I, I have contained my life into about a kilometre <laughs> radius. Kids' school, home, office. So uh, that, in terms of work-life balance, I highly recommend that. If you we're speaking to one of the Golden Triangle's <laughs> finest right here, right now. The GT's got it. You've got it all covered. Oh, I do. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> My mum would be mortified. <laughs> um, the yeah. So 
but it's it does make it easier because then I'm in the office, you know, school drop off at, at you know quarter past eight in the office by, mm-hmm. you know, once I get my coffee by eight twenty five, and then I'm just I've got quite a very um, detailed to do list so that I can I'm just need to know and plan. I mean things come up, but I'll um, if I know that my emails are done, then I just generally just get on to whatever top of the list. So uh, you love your sport. You Clearly you've mentioned that a few times. You you have a footy team of choice. Mm. Who would they be? I'm too embarrassed to say. <laughs> well, it's not the Eagles, so, but it's the other poor performing yeah, at the moment. Yeah, they have um, struggled a little bit, but you have. do love your footy? I do love my footy. Yeah, you yes. love your sport in general? I do, yes. Uh, it's the five from... brothers, I think. It's yeah. Kind of just Did you play a... anything? Um, I played tennis and netball. Yep, cool. Yeah, yeah, so pretty standard. For... And what about, are you a reader? Do you get time to read? I do read, yes. I read three books on holidays. Are so... you a book reader or a Kindle reader? Both. So oh, okay. I'll do, yeah, I'll do both. My 10-year-old's just stolen my Kindle. So, um, yeah, sort of I think on holidays I, I prefer the book. Like I like the sort of the hard mm. copy. Um, but I'm in a, a book club so we, yeah, we meet once a month and sometimes I read the book. Depends. Like it really does depend. I, you know, I had a trip to the US and had quite a hefty book club book, World War Two. kind of. I was like, all right, I'm going to read this on the plane and then, you know, a glass of champagne comes and I turn on the movie. I'm like, I didn't read a page. <laughs> there goes the book. Yeah. I, I think I read um, Jason Ackermanis's book. Oh, yeah. And I I read 120 pages in, and I'm not a reader. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, I, I, I like to keep up to date but I, I, I can go, I get a book and I'll go to page 70 and just read it and I'll flick it. I won't go. Oh, really? I won't go in chronological order. Oh, God. No, I don't go chapter one, two, three, four. I'm not into that at all. But I read his book from the top to about page 120 about his demise and sacking from the Western Bulldogs yeah, when he yeah, went to the yeah. Bulldogs, and it was gripping. But oh. I never went back and read the rest. That's weird. Yeah. No, no, I'm weird. Don't worry about that. All righty. <laughs> back to the company. Argenica yes. Therapeutics. Dr. Liz Dallymore is in the studio. AGN is the ASX code. And if you're not impressed by now, then you're never going to be impressed. This uh, woman is phenomenal. I want to know the... Short, mid and long term of the company and yep. then after that we'll, we'll pitch. Sure. So uh, short term is really getting the drug into the phase two. So we've submitted an application to an ethics committee which will, uh, it's really seeking approval to commence that um, that clinical trial. So hopefully dosing our first, first patients sort of early next year. Um, so that's sort of short term and that really is the priority of the company. You know, that's going to give us that proof of concept in humans that this drug is actually doing something. That's what will, uh, you know, allow us to do a deal, some sort of licensing, et cetera. Uh, so that is that is really the priority. But Newsflow is is king in listed companies. So re- I'm really conscious of that and, and aware of that. So we've got a whole raft of other uh, exciting sort of applications of the drug coming up. So the the probably the closest one, the next one coming into the clinic is a um, indication called a hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, which I mentioned before, which is a reduction in blood flow to the brain in infants. So like if the cord is around the neck, a preeclampsia, and it results in uh, sort of devastating conditions like cerebral palsy for these sorts of children so again nothing out there generally these babies they induce hypothermia but that can be really problematic so cooling down the body uh, is is not good for the other organs so really desperate need for some sort of therapy so as I mentioned Dr Adam Edwards um, is he was sort of nominated for uh, young WA uh, of the year which is fantastic so he's doing some phenomenal work 
uh, at the moment in that space. So really keen to, to sort of push that into the clinic if we can too. And if you are out there listening to this podcast and we are talking about people who are thinking, oh, yeah, I want to get involved in this space, it sounds like they need a little bit of patience if they were to invest. A little bit of patience, yes. I feel like we're cheap at the moment, so there's some good catalysts coming up. And the end um, game sounds like it could be huge. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, if you you are patient, you're sort of willing to to sit in it for a little bit of time, uh, we, you know, will start the Phase 2 trial, we'll you know, update the market as, as we're sort of getting data out from that and hopefully it starts to get a little bit of uh, traction and excitement. Incredibly impressive. I want to know more. Uh, one, a summary of, it sounds like he's the coach of the team, but it's Bruno. I want Bruno, to know, yes. You know, what's Bruno? Give me the yeah, whole Bruno. Bruno story. Yeah, yeah, love Bruno. So Bruno is a uh, scientist. He's a professor at UWA. Does he have a surname? Uh, Maloney, yes. Professor Bruno Maloney. Sorry. Very Italian. <laughs> He's, um, yeah, so he's been, I, we actually uh, did a bit of work together 20-odd years ago, so in the stroke field. So I did um, some research in stroke way back in the day before I started my PhD. So he's been working in the area of stroke pretty much, you know, his, his whole career. So he uh, accidentally discovered this drug, actually, So was, uh, which is always great drug mm. discovery, I reckon. And um, he was using it to, to get another drug into the brain and into cells and realised that it had this phenomenal sort of neuroprotective capability. So he's done an amazing job in systematically progressing that sort of the science needed to really understand how the drug works, make sure it's safe and, and looking at it in all sorts of different animal stroke models to, you know, make sure that it's, it's really, you know, is as good as it seems. Um, and so now Bruno is leading a lot of the sort of Alzheimer's work as well that we're doing. So he's received a grant from the McCusker Foundation, which is fantastic to, to progress that work. Now we've sort of taken the stroke into the clinic. He's, yeah, sort of back looking at another indication. Sounds like a gun, Bruno. He's a gun. He Love sounds him. like a gun. Yep. I think you are a gun too. <laughs> Dr Liz Dallymore, our guest from Argenica Therapeutics, and that, of course, ASX code is AGN. That is, thank you for coming in. No. Thanks nice, for having nice me. Nice chat. We could sit here all day and talk about it. Probably yeah. not so much about your footy team, but certainly no. about other elements. Uh, they'll come good. They'll, they'll come good. I reckon <laughs> you might have developed this drug way quicker than them coming good. <laughs> ASX Market Goss, you've been listening to. We love your feedback. Make a comment, like us, share us, tell your colleagues, counterparts or community. Just spread the word. And whatever platform you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and RSS.com, leave us a comment, rate us and give us your feedback. And in the meantime, we'll keep an ear and an eye out for our next episode. Until then, we'll keep digging to find more guests to chat about with their ASX market goss story. Dr Liz Dallymore from Argenica Therapeutics, thanks for coming in. Thank you. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under securities laws of such jurisdiction.